Man, I was told if I want to be successful, if I want to be rich, if I want to be famous for something, I got to go to college. There was no ifs, ands, or buts. No one said you don't have to go to college. No one said, hey, you know what? You can be successful without going to college. And now, mind you, I'm not saying that I'm against college, that I wish somebody would have told me that you do not need to go to college. What I'm saying is no one even showed me all of my options for continued education. And so my perspective was if I do not go to a four-year university, if I do not go to college, I will not be successful. I'm going to be broke. I'm going to be poor. I could never really get into a career field that will build true wealth and success. So I just thought that if I don't go to college, I failed. That's Anthony O'Neill, author of the book Debt-Free Degree. Anthony isn't the only one who was told that college has to be the next step after high school. I went to a local college prep high school to find out why. Do you plan on going to college? Yes, sir. And why do you want to go to college? So then I can make more money when I get a job. So to you, there's a correlation between having a college education and making more money in your career? Yes, sir. Do you plan on going to college? Absolutely. And why do you want to go to college? Uh, I really want to further my education. And also, in today's economy, it's kind of worrisome because if you don't go to college, there's not much promise of finding good jobs out there. So that's another big benefit. Do you plan on going to college? Yes, I do plan on going to college. Why? Well, to have like a good future. Do you plan on going to college? I do. And why do you want to go to college? Well, I want to go to college to hopefully make more money and advance a career and so everyone in my family has gone to college and it's, it's not even just to set a precedent it's to almost prove myself so I want to go up to a doctoral degree so uh, let's say the school's sixty thousand dollars you get forty thousand in scholarships parents can't help out you have twenty thousand left to pay how do you pay those do you take out student loans um I mean that's basically what I'd probably have to do. Now, when it comes to student loans, is there an amount where you'd say, "Mm, this is too much, this is my limit as far as taking out student loans? Yeah, probably like 20,000. I would be like, no, I need to start thinking about like how long that's going to go before I can actually start like paying it off fully. Is there a certain amount of student loans that you go, "Mm, that's too much? Definitely like if it was probably over like 150,000. From Ramsey Network, I'm George Camel, and this is Borrowed Future, a podcast series exploring the student loan debt crisis and the impact it's having on real people. In this episode, we'll explore why college exists and the reason people believe that college is worth it no matter the cost. The majority of high school graduates feel like college has to be the next step after high school. According to the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics, 69.1% of high school graduates in 2018 were enrolled in colleges or universities. But of those people, the U.S. Department of Education found that only 55% of them will graduate with a degree within six years. Put another way, for every three students that graduate from high school, two will go to college, but only one will finish within six years— and many of them took out student loans and have nothing to show for it. That means for about half of the students going to college, it might be the wrong next step. Here's best-selling author, entrepreneur, and thought leader, Seth Godin. His manifesto on education, Stop Stealing Dreams, has been downloaded over four million times. It's not that hard to do the math of a college degree. 
Many economists before me have done the math and shown that there is a huge correlation between higher income and a college degree. It cannot be argued. That's not really the question. The question is, if you have the resources and the time, how will you choose to spend it? Can we make it so that during this expensive period of time, something actually useful happened? Think for a minute about a successful person you know. My guess is they are not successful because they did things that would have gotten them an A in school. They are successful because they have an array of skills that include things like creativity, honesty, directness, leadership, resilience. Some people call these things soft skills. I call them real skills. This idea that you can learn to be the kind of person that you are looking up to, that you respect, that you would hire, well, of course you can learn it. And if we could fill the world with more people like that, as opposed to people who are simply obedient, well, I'd like to think our culture would shift to one that's more generous and one that has more possibility in it. So simply going to college is not what sets you up for success. It's how you apply what you learn to grow your character and skill set. Here's another take on the purpose of college. You know, I always said college is a place where you learn how to learn. The people that go forward and are successful in life just continue to consume information and learn. And it's so much easier now when you choose a college. It's more about are you committing to learn? Or are you committing just to do this because your parents want you to? Or are you committing to do it because you don't want to get a job and this is the next best thing, right? I just go to class and screw around and maybe I'll meet somebody I can date. I'll go party with some people. If that's your attitude, you've already lost. That's Mark Cuban. He's an entrepreneur, billionaire investor, and owner of the Dallas Mavericks. But you probably know him best as one of the sharks from the show Shark Tank. If you learn how to learn, you can go into any job that's part of what college is about, or community college is about, too. My biggest fear as a parent is, A, their health, obviously, but B, that they're not entitled jerks. You know, I want them to know they have to work. My 15-year-old daughter has an internship now that she's getting paid at. My 12-year-old, about to be 13-year-old, knows if she wants something, she has to earn it, usually by reading something. And same with my 9-year-old, right? In our household, to get something, you've got to give something, you've got to earn it. And to us, that earning involves learning. The point of college may be to prepare you for a job and to learn, but students, especially high schoolers, will tell you that going to college isn't just about learning. It's about the experience. Outside of just getting the degree, what are you hoping to get out of it? Mm, I feel like the experience is an important part, you know, maybe being away from home or whatever else. Do you know what school you want to go to? Um, I really like Bellarmine in Kentucky. Why did you choose Bellarmine? Um, they have a really good um, medical program, and they have a good volleyball team. It's really pretty. It's in a good city, too. So, so good city, nice campus. They've got a program for you. That's the dream. Yes. <laughs> okay. What are you most excited about when it comes to college? Um, just a different environment. We have a really small school, so it's definitely bigger and more diverse, I guess. So you want to go to a bigger school, have kind of a different environment. Okay. What are you most excited about when it comes to college? Um, I'm excited for, like, a change of scenery. You know, I've, I mean, this is, like, the, I guess you could say, like, the kid version of a college campus. Um, but I'm really excited to meet new people and 
see what like the real world is. We get treated like adults and I'm ready to be challenged. Do you plan on going to college? I do. And why is that? Uh, because I just, all my family's gone to college and it's kind of everyone does it. Most people do and I want to live the college life like a normal person. What does living the college life mean to you? Um, probably just going to classes and then going to events on campus, stuff like that. Okay, so you're excited about the college experience as much as you are getting a degree. Yes. These kids aren't saying anything unusual. The college experience has been put on a pedestal by both schools and students. Here's more from Seth Godin. Well, if I wanted to sell a college to the normal group of semi-unmotivated, semi-uninformed people, I would start with the football team. I would move on to the parties. I would then go on to shiny pictures of people at graduation. I wouldn't mention student debt. I wouldn't mention all the hours you have in between class. Because most colleges aren't good at helping people through that. I really love the idea that from 18 to 21, we probably need to take people who are still experiencing the thrill of power without the maturity of knowing what to do with it and put them somewhere else with each other. Let them work it all out. But there are so many things they can do during those four years. It's not clear to me that they should be sitting there memorizing what year some play was written. There's so many other ways to engage people while we were waiting for them to become fully baked. So yeah, many magical things happened to me and to others during our college experience. I wonder what would happen if we had been in the Peace Corps during that period of time. I wonder what would happen if we had been part of an organization that helped kids who are less privileged, who are five years old, learn how to be in the world. So many things I could think of for that cohort of people to do, as opposed to advanced, expensive school with a football team. With the average student graduating with $35,000 in student loan debt, college sure sounds like an expensive way to get some experience. Anthony agrees. I hear this all the time, you know, from peers, families, professors, educators, you name it. Oh, college teaches you life skills. It teaches you how to deal with people. Yeah, but at what cost? Why do we have to spend $40,000 a year to learn how to deal with people? I could do that every single day on my own. Again, I want to be very clear. I'm not against colleges. I do believe that there are huge benefits to going to college, but not at the cost of racking up debt. I can learn how to be respectful. I can learn how to deal with attitudes. I can learn how to deal with different kind of people for free. I can do that on my own. I do believe that colleges will open certain doors. Certain relationships will open certain doors. But it's going to be your character, your work ethic, and how you present yourself that keeps you inside the doors. I had a guy tell me, you know, Harvard opened doors for me. And I'm like, are you still in those doors? He was like, well, unfortunately not. Well, see, what I tell people every single day, focus on you. Not just the experiences that you may learn over here, but focus on you. Will they give you some great experiences there? Absolutely. But you know what the best teacher when it comes to life is? Your life. Just waking up every single day and living life is the best teacher. I learn something every single day from me just waking up and walking throughout my day. And it didn't cost me a dime. With $1.6 trillion in student loan debt being borrowed for life experience, that's a lot of dimes. And when you go to college for the experience, it's easy to get sucked into the lifestyle. 
According to a recent survey, 40% of Americans with student loan debt use their loans to pay for something totally unrelated to school, like spring breaks on the beach, new clothes, or late-night fast food runs. Kyle, a math teacher in Nebraska who went to college debt-free, saw his friends fall into the lifestyle trap. What were the hardest parts? What were the hard things that you look back on and you just say, man, that was tough? It, it was hard seeing my friends that were just stupid. Um, they would, at, at Wayne State, they did it kind of dumb. I hope they don't do this other places. But I saw my friends get these checks for scholarships and financial aid that they, that they received. And instead of putting it towards the, the tuition and, and the cost of college, they would take that and go spend it on things that they wanted. I don't think they understood at all how these checks worked. They would just spend it on purses and things like that, whereas they should have just taken that money and applied it to their, their college bill. So how did those checks work? What was that money? Yeah, it was it was really wild. I don't know who's in charge or who gave those kids that money, but they it sh- it should go straight to their own um, their own college bill. So I think the way it worked is, I don't know if it was FAFSA money or government money of some kind or some other financial aid, but the students themselves got these in the mail, and ideally you're supposed to take it and go to the financial aid office and pay off um, your your bill for that month if it's like a government check or something. And instead, they would take it and spend it on what they wanted. And then, so they, it's like shooting themselves in the foot twice. And I tried to explain it to them, and they just did not get it. And they resisted what I was trying to tell them. And I'm like, guys, come on. Common sense is hard to come by these days. Yeah. <laughs> Brad Barnett is the Director of Financial Aid and Scholarships at James Madison University. He sees students get sucked into bad spending habits all the time. I think for some students... They're so into today, I'll deal with it tomorrow, I'll be making money tomorrow, I'll be fine. My point to them is the social aspect and the peer pressure spending and all the stuff you're doing now when you graduate doesn't go away. And a lot of them think that, well, I'm just going to enjoy this because I only have four years and I won't have the same pressures when I get out. The same pressures are there, it's just a different network. And to some degree, the pressures ramp up because there's bigger zeros on it. Because now you're around people who are making more money. And then there's more pressure to do more and to spend more than as that broke college student. And it's a wake-up call. And some of them don't really wake up until decades down the road. That's a long time to be asleep at the wheel when it comes to managing your money. Rachel Cruz, host of The Rachel Cruz Show, as well as Anthony O'Neill, have some thoughts on how to avoid the lifestyle trap. Focus on what's important. Like, yes, I want you to have fun. I want you to have some great friends and enjoy your college experience. I did. I loved college. It was so fun. But you have to know the reason you're there. You're paying all of this money, not just just hang out with friends, but you're paying this money to get a degree. And so if you're there, go to class, study, work hard, focus on your priority, and remember to live like a college student. You are not a 24-year-old with your first job. You are a college student, which means you're probably broke, and that's okay, and embrace it. Like, this is the time you don't have responsibility to take care of other people. This is the time if you have to eat frozen pizzas and ramen noodles, like, that's what it is. And and enjoy it. This season of life is not going to come all the time. And I would rather you live like a college student while you're in college than try to live like a 25-year-old and then graduate and have to go back to live like a college student because you have no money and so much debt. And the good thing is, too, everyone else around you is in the same boat. Like, be broke together, enjoy the time of life, because that's the time that you can actually be broke and enjoy it. 
You know, there's nothing wrong with the college lifestyle out there. I believe that there's a time and place for everything. I want you to have a good time while you're in college. I want you to enjoy the college experience. But I do not want you to fall for the lifestyle, as in have the lifestyle own you. I remember being on a college campus and I see all of my friends have the latest shoes. And I remember taking out that student loan and I went and spent the whole check, the whole check, the first student loan check on overalls and T-shirts because I wanted to look like what my peers were looking like. Then the next time I went out there and bought some shoes. And the next time I went out there and financed a whole trip for all of my peers and I to go to Las Vegas because of the lifestyle. I wanted to enjoy spring break. I wanted to go out to the beach and turn up and have a good time. I spent $10,000 on my student loans just so I can have a lifestyle. Not one penny, hear me clearly, not one penny went towards books, towards education. It went towards the lifestyle, the fun part of college. Do not take out student loans while you're in college. And not even just student loans, when you do not do debt, period, while you're in college, you're starting off and you're transitioning into the real world much better than nearly 70% of the individuals who graduate from college. Mind you, the average person is going to graduate with $35,000 in debt. You're graduating with zero. Do not allow these four years, these four, five, six years that you're in school, do not allow the lifestyle to be the reason why you're in bondage for the next 20, 30, 40 years. Sacrifice, act like you're broke, so that way when you do graduate college, you can start enjoying some of the things that you wanted to enjoy. But now you're in your career and you have the resources, the financial resources to enjoy it. Many consider college to be an investment for your future, which is why they're willing to go into debt for it. But like any investment, you're hoping for an ROI, return on investment. Here's Dave Ramsey, best-selling author, financial expert, and host of The Dave Ramsey Show with his take on the value of a college degree. You can't, across the map, say college degree always gives you this ROI. People attempt to do that. They say, well, college graduates, on average, make more than non-college graduates. But the problem is you're leaving out the stupid stuff. And so what you've got to do is look at your particular degree field and say, if I get a degree in business, if I get a degree in communication, if I get a degree in left-handed puppetry, if I get a degree in German polka history, what lift am I going to get in that field? And then you can say, okay, that lift is the ROI on the spend. And that keeps you from getting caught up in this idea that college is always a good idea. College is not always a good idea. Any more than home ownership is always a good idea. Figuring out the ROI on your degree is just one piece of the puzzle. That piece of paper may not be enough to land you your dream job. There's more to it, according to Ken Coleman, career expert and host of The Ken Coleman Show. There's a massive myth out there that if you go to a really good school, you pick a good major and you get good grades that the moment you move the tassel and walk off the stage, employers are blowing your phone up. We want you, you're special, you had a good grade point average, and picked a very attractive major. That's a giant myth. Here's what we know. We have a real scourge, a real problem in America where people are coming out of college with a degree and they're overqualified for what they can actually get because the degree is not as important as it used to be for employers. 
And so you've got to be very careful to say, is this major, is this degree truly preparing me for my future? You don't want to be in a situation where you're stuck having to get a job that you don't want just to bring in enough money to service the debt payment on your student loan. It's a big question facing a lot of kids and parents, and it's, is college worth it? This is a big-time question that's costing people a lot of money if they don't answer it the right way. Because there is this cultural expectation that when a young person comes out of high school, the next step in their life, it's like a rite of passage. If you're going to be successful, that means you've got to go to a four-year college. And that has put a lot of pressure on parents and young people, and not just emotional pressure, because there's a certain amount of anxiety. i got to make the right choice. This is a very big choice. This is affecting my future. Oh my gosh, where do I go? What's my major? These are the real things that pop up. But now we know that this is a financial crisis. The cost of higher education has truly skyrocketed. So you combine the cost of education going up with the expectation that my son or daughter needs to go to college, and the kid feels the same thing. I'm going to let my parents down if I don't go to college. Now we're forcing young people into into a bad financial decision. And so we have to step back and say, wait a second, what is it that my child was put on this planet to do? Young person, you gotta say, hey, what is it that I was put on this planet to do? What makes my heart sing? What kind of work do I dream about, fantasize about? What results draw me in? I better make sure that any future decision is based on that desired future. It's clear that there's a ton of pressure on students when it comes to college, and that pressure can stem largely from their parents. Here's someone who has lots of experience working with teens and parents, Dr. Meg Meeker. We don't have a student loan crisis. We have a parenting crisis, and that's what every parent needs to face, and any parent can. Dr. Meg has been a pediatrician for over 30 years, She's a best-selling author and speaker and a leading authority on parenting, teens, and children's health. We don't need to have a student loan crisis if we would allow our kids to grow up to be who they were meant to be. And as parents, that's extremely hard for us to do when our self-worth and self-esteem is bound up in who our kids become. Because we take them in a direction, we push them in a direction that they're not supposed to go in. And when I say supposed to go in, I mean they're countering the person that they really were meant to be. A lot of parents feel pressure to get their kids to perform because it's directly linked to their self-esteem. You have to either keep the family traditions going or you have to perform well for our family because everything, if you think about it, it centers around the parents, what they perceive their needs. If the child goes to mom or dad's college, if the child goes to even a better college, if the child gets into a better college than a friend's, then it makes the parent feel more successful. So the child who goes to mom and dad's alma mater, the parent feels that they've succeeded. It's all about having parents feel they've succeeded. And that's why I say it's parent-driven, not child-driven. I think that the most important thing we need to do as parents is to back off and let our children sort of emerge and show us who they are and then gently direct them in one place or another and be willing to accept if our kids want a different goal than we want for them because 
our self-worth is not bound up in what our kids do. And we need to drill that into our heads. But when we do succeed in believing that, we're much freer and much happier as parents. And we have a much greater relationship with our kids. I saw in an interesting study that a higher percent of teenagers want to spend more time with their parents than the percent of parents who want to spend time with their kids. And that's very sad because parents don't understand how significant they are in their teenagers' lives or the young kids' lives, and they rob their kids of their presence in their time. This is my drum that I beat. Kids need more time with their parents and less time running around doing a lot of stuff. But parents won't do that because parents are still convinced that the kids need a great portfolio to do a lot of stuff to get off to the best college so that they're successful. And it is not true. Parents need to help form strong attachments to their kids when they're young and make those attachments stronger as the child hits junior high and high school. And the only way to do that is to spend time with your kids. You need to dial it down. You need to simplify your lives and your kids' lives. And you need to spend more time sitting across a table either at dinner or after school saying, hey, talk to me about what's going on with this and listen. And that's what your kids want and need if you want them to succeed. They don't need more stuff to do because character isn't built on a soccer field or in band practice. It's built at a kitchen table with mom and dad. If you're a student listening and it feels like Dr. Meg just read your diary entry, you might need to have a tough conversation with your parents. For the parents listening, don't let your self-esteem rely on your kids' performance. Let your kids become who they were meant to be. Ken Coleman agrees. The involvement of a parent in their child's future is wildly important. I mean, it's so influential that I don't think most parents realize that one little comment when having a conversation about your child's future can squash a dream. And I know this because I get calls almost every day from people in their 30s and 40s. And when I dig deep enough, I find out that the reason they're not pursuing what they were put on this planet to do is because when they mentioned it to their mom or dad in their teens, mom or dad said, oh, I don't think that's a really steady career. I don't know that you can make good money and have the two-car garage and the country club membership with that. And that's not what they said, but that's what they're saying. And so the child respects the parent so much and they question whether or not their heart is legitimate, what they're feeling in their heart. Oh my gosh, mom and dad who I respect, and they're smart, and they've been successful. If they're questioning this, I should question this. And we begin to let our brain take over our heart. And that is dangerous. So the role of the parent should be to ask lots of questions and be okay with the answers and give guidance to what the path might be towards the mountaintop that our children want to climb. That's the role. Guide. Ask lots of questions. Let them reveal their own answers. Don't shape their answers. That's dangerous. And let's not get started on unmet dreams that mom and dad have, that sometimes they overlay those onto the dreams of our kids unwittingly, and they don't have any idea that they're squashing their kids' dreams. Be very, very careful. Quiet. Step back. Ask lots of questions. Let their heart reveal itself. 
parents putting pressure on their kids can cause them to do dumb things, like taking out student loans when they're not even sure if college is the right next step. Gary Vaynerchuk has got something to say about that. He's a best-selling author and entrepreneur. Here's a clip from his podcast, The Gary V Audio Experience. There's no such thing as one thing works for everyone. And one of the scariest things in, in American society, one of the scariest things is parents putting pressure on kids to go to school to make the parent feel good and making the kid take on debt for that when the kid doesn't feel like they want to do that. And then they come out the other side and they literally spend the next 15 years trying to reconcile that debt. That's why you have a lot of unhappy people. And then what that means is then they go, yay, I'm gonna vote for the person that's gonna wipe out college debt. I'm cheerleading for self-awareness. I want all of you to think every single thing is your fault without judging yourself into depression. Which, you know, everything's your fault, that's a great thing, means you're in control, let's go. There's so much pressure and anxiety when it comes to college. So what can parents do to help their kids make the right decisions? From Anthony's perspective, it starts with having a conversation. One of the things you could do as a parent to really set your child up for success is communicate. Ask them, hey, what are some of your dreams as a child? Where do you want to go in life? How can I help you get there? How can we, your mom and I, your, your father and I, help you get to your dreams? And when they identify what they want to do and how they want to do it, be honest with them and tell them up front, hey, this is what we have. We can bring this to the table, but you have to bring something to the table. One of the biggest mistakes I see parents do is they force their parent dreams onto the child and they pay for it. So now... The child is not their dream, and they have no sweat equity in it. So the very first thing you could do is communicate. Learn what each other desire and see in the future. And then two, come up with a plan together. Work together to build a plan for your child's life. Let them speak into how they're going to do things. Let them say, you know what, I'm going to go get a job. I'm going to apply for scholarships. You know what, mom and dad, I'll go to community college. Let them feel like they're in the driver's seat and you're in the passenger seat. You're saying, hey, look, take this right right here. But they're still driving. You're helping them get there the best way possible. But parents, hear me clearly. You cannot be in the driver's seat and they're in the passenger seat because passengers can get out. Drivers cannot. Make sure that they are driving their life and you're guiding them. Kat, an attorney from Pensacola, Florida, is a parent who guided her kid from the passenger seat and did it right. She learned from mistakes of her own. Take me back to the moment when you took out student loans. What was going on in your life? Uh, well, I went to undergrad right out of high school and I had no plan at all. I had no idea where I was going to go or why or how I was going to pay for it. Uh, I hadn't talked to my parents about it. They didn't talk to me about it. Money wasn't something that we talked about a lot growing up. Uh, so I went to law school and went to all three years and graduated with, I know, at least $130,000 of student loan debt, probably much more. But again, I, it was so unintentional that I don't even know the full amount. Wow. So how did your sacrifice of getting out of debt affect your son's mindset around choosing a college and student loans? You know, my entire life up until that point of, of living in debt, that affected me to the point that I, you know, I, I, I drew a, a line in the sand and I, you know, it was no more. We're not going to take out student loans. 
to, to get our kids through college because I don't want them to have to live the first 20 years of their freedom chained. So let's talk about your son. You mentioned him. As he was going to school, did you have any savings for him? No, we did not. You know, like I said, we were in debt up until probably his senior year of high school or, or maybe a little bit before that. Um, but up until then, we, we lived off of credit cards. We had car loans, all of those things. Um, so, And we had never even discussed how we were going to get any of our kids through college. I wanted college for them, um, but we still didn't have a plan. Uh, we didn't have a, a how um, at that point. How did it feel knowing that you had no savings for your son to go to college? How did it feel knowing I, we didn't have savings? I don't think it hit me, um, the feeling until we were viewing schools for him. And he had two schools uh, that he really had selected to, to attend. And he applied for both. And one was Auburn University, which was his dream school. He's always, and so we went to Auburn on a, you know, like a field trip to go look at it and, and check it out. And at this point we had been in our debt-free journey for probably almost a year. And so we, we show up at Auburn and we're going through all of the motions and walking around the campus and it's, you know, a, a beautiful campus. And at that point, it hit me that even with scholarships, that Auburn just wasn't a possibility because of the financial situation that we had found ourselves in. We, we couldn't afford to, to pay the out-of-state tuition. And even with the scholarships he was going to get, they wouldn't cover out-of-state tuition. And so we, we were forced. I knew at that point there was a pivotal moment when I was standing on the campus at Auburn that I knew I was going to have to have this conversation with Dylan that we, we can't do this. I, I can't send you to this school because it's going to require student loans because we don't have any other way to pay for it. And I, I can't do that to you. We came home and, and I, I dreaded it for a few weeks. I thought about it and, and I was trying everything I could to get him to that school, but I knew I wasn't going to send him with student loans. And he came to me uh, not too long after that and he made his decision to get a, to go to University of South Alabama in Mobile instead of Auburn. Um, and how did your son take this news that he wasn't going to go to his dream school? It sounded like it was on his terms, but it sounds like a very uh, tough decision to make at 17, 18 years old to say, no, I'm not going to go to my dream school. Uh, Dylan's reaction to not being able to go to Auburn was, um, it, it, it wasn't what I expected. I think it affected me more than it affected him. Uh, I think that he has always been a little bit more grounded and he knew that it was the best decision for him, you know, financially uh, versus for me, I think it was, you know, it was just heartbreaking. You want to be able to give your kids whatever they want and because of the choices that my husband and I had made up to that point, we had to put him in a situation that, that he had to make that choice. And um, so I, I think it affected him to some degree, but I don't think it affected him nearly as much as it as it did me. What would you tell parents who think they have to take out loans for their kids to go to college? You know, I, I, I do feel for the parents. I understand that you want what's best for your kids and you want them to have everything that they want. But at some point you have to say no because you have to let them grow up and become mature and make good decisions because otherwise, you know, it might take 20 years before they they come to the realization, oh, it's time for me to grow up and become mature. And, you know, none of us want that for our kids. Yeah. So college isn't the, you know, the only way for your children to succeed. And so if there's not a way to send them to college without student loan, 
then maybe the best thing for them to do is to do something different for a while and figure out what it is that they want to do um, and then find a way to go back to school debt-free if that's the journey. But just assuming that college is the only answer and that student loans is the only way to get there, you know, both of those assumptions are completely wrong. Being a parent and helping your kid make the right decisions about college is hard. There's no way around that. But there is a way to become successful without diving into a dumpster fire of debt for a college degree. Here's Anthony. I remember my teachers, my counselors saying, you know what, hey, son, if you want to be successful, you got to go to college. Hey, man, you need to go to Duke. Hey, man, you should check out Fayetteville State University. Hey, man, you should check out UCLA. Anthony, if you don't go to college, nobody will remember you. You cannot get a good job if you do not have a bachelor's degree. Listen, you guys, you do not have to go to college. And honestly, college is not for everyone. Education is for everyone. But the route to college, the process to getting to college is not for everyone. I get sick and tired of hearing people say, you're going to go to college at all costs. We don't care what it takes. If we got to borrow this, if we got to sell this, whatever we got to do, we're going to get you there. No. Listen, young people, I am your number one fan. I want to see you successful. I want to see you living out your dreams. I want to, but not at the cost of slowing down your future, not at the cost of delaying your future, not at the cost of you being in bondage and you being in stress and you being in debt, you not being able to get married, you not being able to get your car, you not being able to really enjoy your life because at all costs you went to college just to impress and just to please your family. No, I want you to make the right decisions. I want you to get there with a healthy start. I want you to get there the best way possible for yourself. I want you to go to college if you have to go to college. And when I say have to, this means you know for a fact you want to be a doctor. You can't go to a trade school for that. You cannot learn that on YouTube. So you have to go to college. Let's identify the best process for that. But if you're saying, yo, I want to be a hairstylist, but my family wants me to go to college. Well, we're going to figure out how to respectfully tell your family, mom and dad, family, you're wrong. I'm not taking out student loans and I'm not going this route. I'm going this route. So if you're the first in your family, one, I want to salute you because there is something special about you. But two, do not rack up debt just to impress and just for your family because your family's not going to be there to help you pay it back. Your family's not going to be there when you're stressed. You are going to be there. Let's make the best decisions right now to get you closer to accomplishing your dreams. Too many people are sleepwalking their way into college and student loan debt. What starts as the next step quickly turns into millions of students and decades of debt. College exists to prepare you for a job and your future, but it's not always the next step, and you need to determine if it's right for you. College is not the end. It's the beginning of your future. In the next episode, we'll dive into why we choose the colleges that we do, why a fancy college might not be worth the cost, and why a lazy river shouldn't be a deciding factor in your college choice. There is a lot of blame to go around here, but not only is there blame within the family, it's way bigger than that, because the real blame is we built the system, and the system 
evolved because every piece in the system did what it was supposed to do. Join me. You've been listening to Borrowed Future. If you like what you've heard, do us a favor and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps. You can find more information about this and other Ramsey Network podcasts at borrowedfuture.com or on your favorite podcast app. Our show is produced by Chris Wright, Eric Cheslevich, Eva Daniel, and Kevin Weimer. Music has been curated by James Childs. Will Rudder is our engineer. Our editor is Tim Hull. Blake Thompson is our executive producer. I'm George Camel, and remember, you can measure the ROI on a degree, but not on your mother. She's priceless.